This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HuskerCuzCast, for all podcast updates and more. So, we got a fun episode here tonight. We're going to be talking uh, about some uh, returning seniors, seniors parting ways, some early enrollees, transfers, and we got a, another couple items that we'll touch on. But let's get into the returning seniors. So, last week, you know, we found out that uh, all the seniors, uh, they've made their decision. So, we got seven returning starters. Uh, seven total. We got five on D with Markel Dismook, Deontay Williams. So we get both safeties. Uh, Will Honus, he returns back with the linebacking core uh, along with Jojo Doman. And Ben Stilley, the big beast on defensive line, he's going to return. On offense, just one guy. Walk on Levi Falk, who had a pretty good year last year. And we also bring the uh, guy that I was really most excited about is Connor Culp. As the kicker. So, uh, guys, you know, a lot of defensive guys, uh, just one offensive guy. But when we look at this defense, Tyler, how good can this defense be? I think this is shaping up to be the best defense Nebraska has seen since the early parts of Bo. Um, you know, I, I last year I thought they made great strides. They, they, you know, they definitely improved throughout the year, played better towards the end. But with everyone coming back, I mean, I don't want to say the sky is the limit with this defense, um, and we'll probably maybe talk a little bit why. But like, I I think this is going to be a really good defense. I think Frost should lean into the defense next year. Derek, what do you think about the defense? Well, what? First off, I, I want to say there's one more returning player that wasn't quite a senior, but was a bit of a surprise because everybody kind of thought he was going to go pro. Was Cam Taylor Britt? Uh, so add add him in Tyler. I I disagree. This is not early Bo Pelini defense style. We don't have an Indomitka Sue. We don't have a Levante David. We don't, we just don't have playmakers like those guys. Uh, could, could, could it be a lot better? Sure. Uh, and and yes, Frost needs to focus on this defense and, Maybe he needs to run a different, little different style offense to to let the defense be what they are. Uh, I, at the end of the day, the only thing that worries me is I'm so scared that we're going to end up losing a safety or, well, I'm worried about losing like a Noah Pola Gates more than anything. Hey, Derek, you know, you brought up a kind of a good point here, which leads me to this, uh, you know, we bring back a lot of experience. So that that is exciting. But Tyler, for you to have all that hype, it's not like we're, we're returning a whole lot of all-conference caliber guys on defense. They're just experienced, right? Well, they're good. I mean, these guys were honorable mention all-conference. I mean, they weren't some scrubs that barely played. And Derek, I guess that's where I was going. The best defense since. 
So I, I mean, I don't know what that cutoff is. You're right. We don't have a Levante David. We don't have a uh, um, Denard. We don't have a Dominic We don't have a Jared Crick. We don't have those guys that are going to be, you know, potential first or second round picks um, in the draft. And and I think I, that I don't even know if we have a Stanley Jean Baptiste back there. Like I, I mean. I think that uh, your, you know, Cam Taylor Britt is definitely a guy I think could be that. But, but point taken, I, I think there is a cap of this. It, but, but I mean, what, what am I talking about? Do I think this could be a top twenty defense? I, I think it can be. I don't think it's going to be a top ten or top five defense. It's not going to be a premier defense in the country. Um, but with, with what I think this offense can be, and, and what how, and the fact that I think the defense is going to be better. I, I think things are shaping up pretty good for this team next year. Um, so, so to Justin, your point, I mean, I, I don't think we're just returning experience. Um, Levi Falk, I, I think he became a pretty nice player. I was just talking on the defensive side of the ball. No, I, I know, but, but like he, he's kind of an experienced guy. I don't consider uh, Deontay Williams and Ben Stilley and JoJo Doman. I don't think, I think they are a, a tier above Levi Falk. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, Levi Falk is a walk-on. But, I mean, th- those guys are playing. Like, Will Honus really emerged last year as a pretty good linebacker. I think going into next year, I feel pretty good about him starting that linebacker. Um, you know, I-, I think four or five of those guys, after another year of experience, could be looking at getting drafted. Now, are they top-tier draft picks? No. Are they probably fifth, sixth-round picks? Yeah, but if you have a defense with five guys who are draftable, that's a pretty good defense. I'll, I'll say this. I, I think Will Honus, to me, is the most exciting player to come back. Judging the... And this is the reason I say this. Uh, you know, they, we didn't know we were getting out of Honus. Uh, he, he, heard it, he heard his knee first year... Uh, Second year, he kind of comes in, and he looks a little slow. It doesn't look great. And last year, he looked pretty good. Like, he, he did. He looked good. And so, I don't, I don't know that we've seen the ceiling with him. The rest of these guys, I'm not certain we haven't already seen the ceiling. Well, couldn't you put Deontay Williams in that same category? Okay, yeah, that's fair. And, and, you and, could put Deontay Williams in that, in that category, too. Yes. And, and yes. Like uh, Ben Stilley. I like Ben Stilley. Ben Stilley's a really nice player. But I would agree. Like, I don't think Ben Stilley's going to make a drastic improvement next year. Um, but like a JoJo Doman. Like, I feel like this was the first year you saw JoJo Doman really play outside backer as kind of his real position. I, could I see him make another small jump next year? Yeah. I mean, and he was a really good defender. I mean... Guys, again, I, I want to be clear about this. I'm not calling this the best defense Nebraska's ever seen. I'm not calling it even as good as the Adamican Sioux defense or the 2010 defense. But do I think this is going to be much better than we saw the later parts of Bo, um, the the Mike Riley era, and anything we saw under Frost? A hundred percent, I think this is what this defense is looking like. I think that the I, I, go ahead, Derek. Oh, well, I think you're I think you're batshit crazy to think that they're a top twenty defense. I do too. I, I think they'll be improved. I, I, I could see top 40. I could see maybe even top 35. But I, I, I think that's kind of the ceiling for this defense. Because everybody that's coming back, Tyler, I mean, Nebraska's not the only one that's returning seniors. And I, I'm going to be curious to see what it is across the conference on how many seniors are coming back. Right, now. I haven't done the homework to even figure that out. But there's going to be a lot of seniors coming back. What I do th- see here 
is uh, that, yeah, I think the defense will be improved, but I don't think the offense is going to be improved. I don't think we saw the rock bottom last year. So I don't think our offense is going to be that great last year. So that's going to put the defense into some bad situations next year. I mean, they're going to be on the field a lot. I And they'll have the depth, I'm sure. They're going to have the depth. I, I, I'll disagree with you there. I, I think the offense will improve. I think we've seen rock bottom. Well, okay. Uh, let, let's Let's put it this way. So we see everybody that's coming back on the defense. On offense, they're going. They're they're leaving. You know, they're they're opting out. Well, not opting out, but they're going to the NFL or whatever. Uh, Levi Falk is the only returning player on offense. So, do you think, Derek, that the defense is maybe more bought into the program than the offense at this point? That's that's a tough question. Uh... I think by the looking at the numbers, you have to go, absolutely, yes, they are. Uh, but but what I'm thinking is looking at some of the recruiting that's going on and looking at some of the guys we're bringing in, I'm not convinced that Scott Frost isn't abandoning his offense and trying to adapt it a little more to a Big Ten offense. He's getting bigger running backs. He's getting bigger receivers. He's getting – I mean, he's always one of the big linemen. But I, I – I, I really think that he's kind of starting to go more towards power rather than speed with with the offense that he's recruiting at this point. Okay. Uh Tyler, do you think that the defense is more bought in on the team that bought in than the offense at this point? I, I you know, not to give a half ass answer, but I'm kinda of with Derek on that. I, I think there's definitely guys that are bought in on offense. I think when you look at last year's offense, the look at the guys who are coming back. Wandale Robinson. Whatever reasons we talked about it at length last week and why he's not coming back, but you know he he's obviously a guy. Brendan Hymas has NFL aspirations. And then I think you look at guys like Jack Stoll, um, and I like Jack Stoll, good player, um, good Husker. I I think he saw his role evaporate. Um, you know he he would have been fourth on the tight end list last year. You know he, this was his best shot to go to the NFL. Um, Farniok. You know, the guy had been a two-time captain. I, I think, you know, again, kind of a little bit of writing on the wall. Um, you know, now's the time to go to the NFL. I think there's just a – it's just a different class there about who we lost. If we had seen Adrian Martinez transfer, if you had seen, you know, uh, Cam Jurgen say enough, and, you know, if you had saw these guys leave, then, then I might be buying it. But I, I all the guys that left on offense weren't really shocks to me. I think it was – so if you want to say it was shocking to see everyone on defense basically come back, then I'll buy that um, about how hyped they are. But I, I don't think it's a sign that the offense is bailing on the Frost regime. So Frost had said probably most of the team wanted to play in a bowl game. Uh, but NU also didn't want to go to a bowl game unless everybody was committed and gung-ho and excited about going. Is it your impression that that was on the offensive side of the ball and not the defensive side of the ball? What one hundred percent? I mean, I I'm obviously reading so between that has lines. a lot to do with buy-in, right? Well, but like, look who who didn't want to play was Wandale a guy who didn't want to play? Makes sense. Adrian, who knows where Adrian's head is? He got banged up quite a bit in that Rutgers game. Was he even going to play? Luke McCaffrey couldn't play. Like who? I without knowing this, it, it would be concerning to me if I heard Xavier Betts didn't want to play in that bowl game. Like that would be concerning to me. 
Um, if Wandell Robinson and a couple of the other banged up guys said, got coach, I, I'm not playing next week or in a couple of weeks for that bowl game. That, that's where I really draw. Like, I, I don't know if I'm quite panicking about that. Derek, what do you think? I'm in the same boat with Tyler. Like, I, I get what you're saying, Tyler. Like, I, absolutely. If you're a coach or even an athletic director, and we're going to sit here and go, we're going to send in our team without three, maybe four of our top best players on offense. Maybe, maybe it's not the best idea to go play. I, I get it. We've already lo- we already lost our best offensive lineman. I don't know where Farniok was in that situation. If he if he's focusing on NFL, there's a good chance he's not going to start or going to play. So a lot of other teams, Derek, they have opt outs, right? People opt out of the bowl game. Are, would they be justified in just not playing in a bowl game if a handful of players don't want to play? Or is it different? I I I think in this season it, it's it's. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's excusable this season. I think in a normal season, I'm probably going to go probably talk a little differently. But in a season where players were opting out all season long, it, it just I don't know, it was just different. I mean, ultimately, I mean, you had a you, you you also had a five and one USC team who opted out of a bowl game, right? Like, is, is it that bad that a three and five, three and six Nebraska team? Opted out? Not really. We didn't deserve to be in a bowl game anyway. No, you're right. We we didn't, but we had the opportunity to play in the postseason in a year where, you know, only JoJo Doman has ever played in a bowl game at Nebraska. They had a chance, and they, they didn't play. Uh, but moving on. Uh, let's talk about the draftable Huskers, the guys that are leaving the program and, uh, talking about guys like Derek Mills, Jack Stoll, Farniak, and Hymas. Tyler, what do you think? Also forgot to cap your boodle. Um, your boodle. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I don't think this is going to be a premier draft for the NFL for the Huskers. I mean, I, I really look at it as two guys. I think that have a really good shot to get drafted. Um, I think Hymas and decap are probably the two guys i think both of them are later round picks um you know brendan hymas is intriguing to me i mean you know he's a four-year starter um you know i think most of us have acknowledged he's probably been our best offensive lineman um at least over the last couple of years um i you know i but he hasn't been an all-conference type player um where does he end up ranking and does he get how high can he get drafted but He's our best shot at having someone drafted in the 2021. Derek, what do you think? I I agree. I I will say this, though. I think Hymas is probably a mid-round draft pick. I, I, I do think that he's got, he's got enough tape on him and he's got enough skill that he can get drafted probably maybe fourth, at latest maybe fifth round. Uh, the rest of them, I, Mil, Mil, I think Mills is making a mistake. Other than his age, I don't see that guy even being a free draft or a free agent draft pick. Uh, Boodle maybe could possibly get drafted. Uh, the rest of them, I, yeah, I don't see it. I, I just, 
I, the offense was so, the, the offense was so inept this year. It's hard to imagine that that many offensive guys are going to get drafted. I'm going to agree with you guys on Brandon Hymas. I thought before before the season, I thought that DiCaprio Boodle, I thought he was a, a shoe in to get drafted. I thought he was going to be having a great year. And as good as our defense was this year, they were the highlight of the team. I don't know. I don't recall any uh, his highlight reel being that fascinating. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this about Boodle. So I went back and looked to, to see where all the penalties came from in the secondary. DiCaprio Boodle did not have one penalty all year. Okay, that's good. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, he, he had he had good coverage. He had an interception. Uh, I, I do believe that quarterbacks threw away from him because they didn't want to go towards him. So if you look at highlight reels and you're looking at that, I it, it's hard to judge whether or not he could be uh, drafted. I I've just always been hard on Boodle, and I, it's. I guess it's hard for me to sit here and turn around and go, oh, yeah, I think he's going to be drafted. I thought before the season, but this year, I mean, he was fine. He was fine, but I don't think he was anything special. I thought he was better this year. I thought he was much better this year than he was last year. Tyler, do you think I, so? Much better. I mean, I think this was I, – I think I, – I don't know. I think he had a good year. I think that, you know, I, I'm kind of – I don't think his last year was quite as bad as Derek did. I, I don't think – I think this year was probably better than you th- think, Justin. Um, I don't know if he had the season that I thought he was capable of. I don't think he ever quite – you know, when you look at his sophomore campaign, I thought a sophomore campaign was like, okay, this guy is going to come down and be something special at Lincoln. Right. And I don't think he – if you would ask me, DiCaprio Boodle, after his sophomore year, where was he going to end up getting drafted? I would have been like, dude, that guy's going to be a second or third round Yeah, pick. third round guy, yeah. And And – he never turned into that guy. Now, I I think he has a shot. Um, it's going to be weird without a combine. It's going to be weird to see how he tests, but I think he's athletic. Um, where Lamar Jackson probably didn't have the NFL athleticism, um, but he obviously is playing in the NFL now. But but I think Decap probably is a little bit more athletic. Um, I, I could see him sneaking into like a seventh, six-round pick situation. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about Farniak for a second because uh, Farniak, he's kind of one of those guys, you know, he, he's started a buttload of games. He's been a captain. Uh, he's moved around on the offensive line, you know, playing tackle, guarding, even some center, right? Uh, so, but I I just get the impression that he's not appreciated enough by Husker standards, right? The, the fans kind of ride him. If I were to say he's kind of like a Nick Gates, would that be uh, would that be accurate? Like Nick Gates as a Cornhusker, right? Uh, he was a guy that he got slammed on by the fans for some reason. But you know what? He's starting in the NFL. Is Farniak that type of guy where he could go to the NFL and really excel? Is he that type of a guy, Tyler? Well, I don't know. Um, I, I, I tend to believe no. Um, I think Nick Gates, you know, Husker, you're right. He, he took a lot of flack, but I think Nick Gates' flack was a lot of about stupid plays and not what his upside was. I think Farniok, while I'm not saying he never makes a stupid play, I just think that no one saw, like, the overwhelming talent out of him ever. And that that might be a little bit more frustrating where Nick Gates, like, I think people saw him at times and be like, man, he's good. Besides Todd, 
Like, I don't know if any of us ever saw Matt Farniak going into this year as, like, being a third-round pick or anything like that. There was a point in Husker timeline where you thought Nick Gates could be that guy. Um, so I think that's probably where I would draw a little bit of difference there. And for the listeners out there right now, uh, when Tyler says Todd, that's his brother. Last year, uh, about the same, you know, last spring, we did an episode where Todd came on. We were talking about uh, Huskers that could be drafted the following year. And Todd, he was high on Farniak getting drafted, which which is fine. It's fine. Derek, what you, were you going to say? All right. So here, here's my take on Farniak. Like, I don't see him being a draftable guy. Like, I, I don't necessarily see. I, I just don't see it. But could he be a Nick Gates type of guy? I think so. And he, here's the reason why. It's, it's versatility. Look, yeah. look where Nick Gates is playing right now. He's playing center. He's start, starting center. And Matt Farniak has a leg up on him because Nick Gates never played anything but tackle at Nebraska. Right. So, so Farniak already has the versatility on top of him, and I think a lot of I think a lot of teams will look at him as an undrafted free agent and go, "Yeah, we'll take our chances with this guy. See if he can do something." Maybe he's not the talented guy you thought Nick Gates was, but you know he could play pretty much every position. Yeah, he's demonstrated it, and he's done it at a high level. I mean, he came in and, and, and especially and for center? that reason, wow. and for that reason, I think absolutely he could have. Great success in the NFL. Yeah, I just don't know if it's a guy you, you you spend a draft pick on. Yeah, he he came in at center and he snapped better than the guy that had been playing that position for the last two years. <laughs> so that that just shows the kind of talent that uh, Matt Farniak had. Uh, okay, so let's move on to early enrollees. We have a record number of it uh, enrollees that are enrolled now. So Derek, tell us about them. Uh, well, first off, let, let's just start with. Uh, I think you gotta give Frost a little credit here. Like, he's breaking a record with early enrollees. This is kind of a cool deal. Uh, so, 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 just to name them off, we got Thomas Fedoni out of uh, Council Bluffs, tight end. We got Gabe Irvin, a running back out of Georgia. You got uh, Seth Malcolm, uh, linebacker out of Iowa. Randolph Kapai out of uh, South Dakota, linebacker. James Carney, another uh, tight end out of Nebraska. Latrell Neville, wide receiver out of Texas. Uh, Mar- Marquez Buford, I'm kind of probably butchering his name. Uh, the, uh, 24-7 has him listed as an athlete, but he's out of Connecticut. Uh, Branson Yeager, an t- a tackle. This dude's, I just want to talk about him a little bit. This dude's 6'7", 332 pounds already as a senior in high school. My God, what a beast! Yeah, uh, but but he's out of Utah. Uh, Teddy Prochetka, uh, I, I butchered his name too. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, he's out of Omaha. Uh, Henry Lutowski, Lutovsky. These names are just impossible. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, he's out. He's in, uh, out of Mount Pleasant, Iowa. You got Henrik Har- Harburg. Out of Carney, Ruquan Buckley out of Michigan. It's just amazing to me, all these guys that are coming in early enrollee, never seen campus because of the pandemic. And you got guys coming from all over the country, early enrollees. Uh, you also got the three uh, transfers and Samori Tori, who 
is out of Montana. I know we talked about him a little bit last week, but he's got eight, he had 82 receptions for 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. Broke a record in a playoff game for most yards in a playoff game, and he broke it from Randy Moss. Yeah, like like that's huge. He's an FCS uh, All American. Absolutely, I I think this is a bigger get than what some people do. Uh, I know he's an FCS player, but he's clearly a a great player. Six six three, big dude. Uh, Marquez Step, and that guy's had has had six touchdowns over his short career at USC, and Chris Kolarovic, who guys. He had 79 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks in 10 games his last season at Northern Iowa. Wow. Uh, we got some guys coming in. Uh, we'll see what they do, but we got some guys coming in. Tyler, what I want to know is you butcher the shit out of names all the time. I want to know if you would have introduced that segment right there with the early enrollees, would you have done a better job than Derek right there? No, I would not have, and that, and Derek uh, was the brave soul to take that on. That was quite the task. But guys, I, I, you know, Derek, you hit on this. You know, I, I'm excited. This is a really good recruiting class. Frost has brought in good recruiting classes before. These guys have never been on campus. You know, we'll, we'll probably spend a good amount of time this spring talking about how big a year year four is for Scott Frost and what needs to happen. But I think this really starts in the spring. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Um, how does he develop these players? How does he engage the players? What needs to happen uh, between now and the spring to make sure these young guys feel incorporated? Knowing that, especially on the defensive side, there really isn't a lot of playing time to be had. I mean, I was trying to think, like, you talked about um, you know some of these kids coming in, and I'm like, how many of those have a real shot to play uh, this fall? And I know we'll talk about this at length, but what I want to talk about now is like, does that worry you you at all about like how this spring goes and how Frost is able to keep these guys engaged, knowing that it's still a pandemic, knowing that there's still stuff shut down, knowing that, you know, these kids have never been in Lincoln, some of them. Like, are you worried that this is going to turn into last year? Are these Florida kids, these warm weather kids, just bail? Uh, Dirk, Dirk, we'll go to you first. All right. I, I'm going to say a little bit of no on this. Just because look at where we're getting these kids from. We're getting them from Iowa. A lot of kids from Iowa. We got like, I think, four kids in this recruiting class from Iowa. Uh, we're getting them from North Dakota. We're getting them from Connecticut. We're not getting them all from Florida this year, uh, so so I think that makes a difference. Like, yeah, some of them are still going to be a long ways from home, but man, a lot of them have played in the North, and so playing in the cold is not going to affect them. They're not going to be as worried about it. Uh, I I don't know. It, it, it's still a concern, obviously, because. Frost has struggled, and it's not just a Frost thing. It's, it's, a, it's nationwide. But these coaches are struggling to keep any players around. Yeah, anymore. and that was going to be my take. I think it's always going to be a huge concern just because the rules have been changed in the NCAA with the transfer portal right now. This is never going to go away. Any recruiting class that you have, transfers is – this is good, the new norm. Transfers are always going to happen right now. And some of these guys that we're kind of high on right now, 
maybe they go, or maybe you know it's other guys that aren't uh, aren't going to be playmakers. But you know what? We've lost two playmakers to the transfer portal in the last two years. Our best player. We, we talked about that last episode. So nobody is immune, whether they just arrive on campus or if they've been in the program three years and they're, they've been starting to. It does not matter at this point. The transfer portal is going to take talent away. Uh, and, and I don't think there's Absolutely. any way around it other than, you know, you got to get those guys to want keep them in, in the program engaged somehow. And, you know, Derek, you always love to bring this up, and it's true. you got to win games. You have to give a reason for these players to stay. You know, you got to give the, the the playing time, the respect, and, you know, they want to be part of a program and culture that, uh, you know, that that is enticing to them to be there, right? And the education is a huge part, too. So, I... Tyler, I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it's always going to be a concern to me. We just have to, we just have to hope we don't lose uh, our uh, best offensive player again. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, go, not, go not, not only that, but we lost. We lost at least my one of my favorite Huskers, and Matthew Anderson. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had we had him on the show. He was a great kid. Yeah. Great. Kid. Had him on a couple times. Uh, yeah, and it just it it, it sucks. I, he's going a little closer to home. He's Going to a uh, top twenty-five team. Yeah, went to a great program, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. Man, he did. And and you can't blame the kid for leaving. They beat Iowa State. Yeah, and and so, but you, but you hate to see him leave, right? Because he was, he was a good kid. He rose. But, but you know, and and you guys are right. There, there's going to be transfers. Um, there's going to be you're going to have this. But if if Frost is going to build this program, if if he is really the guy to turn it. I, I, I do think he's got to buck the trend with the amount of guys he's losing and the the, the 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 type of guys he's losing. And and again, you know, we're, we're not quite to signing day. We're going to do a whole preview of all these kids coming in. We're hopeful. I, you know, Frost said tonight there's probably two spots left he could bring on people, whether it be transfers, JUCOs, you know, incoming freshmen. There's probably two spots left. So maybe we can have the best recruiting class we've had. Um you know, since uh, the the 2000, I think, 11 um, class. But, I mean, you're, you're really looking at a potential for a special class, and I think this is an opportunity for a, a cornerstone in changing the dynamic of the Husker Nation. Uh, t- t- Tyler, I'll, I'll rebuttal that with, I don't know if the number of transfers is going to change. And it's all, it's all on the transfer portal. Like, I, I just don't know that there's much any coach out there can do. Alabama has a lot of transfers. Ohio State has a lot of transfers. It, it's just, it's it's a, but, but I will agree with the players you're losing. Uh, and I will say that something's got to be figured out with the wide receiver. We've lost so many wide receivers in this transfer portal. That's the one position that scares me the most when it comes to the transfer portal. Well, Like, we just really struggle to keep those guys around. Well, Derek, it- Okay, so I will say you're going to have transfers, but what we've got to stop seeing, I last year was a really disturbing trend, not just the wide receivers, but the true freshmen. And you, you saw, like, Marcus Fleming, Keyshawn Green. Uh, uh, yeah. I know I'm forgetting people, but, like, you saw these guys who didn't even make it a full year in the program. Jakeem Green. He made it a full year. He did, he I mean, did. But, he but did. The, the guys that are concerning to me, like, Jakeem Green... 
Like he's a guy that J- I'm J- not saying J- the guy. Jakeem Green wanted to go to South Carolina out of high school. He wanted to go back there after junior college, but for whatever reason, was not allowed to go back to South Carolina. But, so, but, so it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that he went back to South Carolina. But see, he's she, a guy. Uh, he's a guy uh, that doesn't really bother me because where was he going to fit? Like. What he had one more year of eligibility left. I don't. I don't know. I mean, where that is. He was what seventh defensive lineman. Like, I mean, th- that's where I'm like, uh, okay, I get it. I get those guys but, leaving. But you also brought up Keyshawn Green, and I and I want to talk about him a little bit too. And this is where I think, as, as fans, we always want to replace coaches, and I am almost pretty positive that the reason he left is because we replaced a coach. Okay. I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So so, so I'm just saying, re- replacing coaches isn't always the greatest answer either, especially if you're wanting to keep players around. Uh, Tyler, you were talking about there's two open positions. Are there any positions that you want to see Nebraska go after? I would like to see us bring in Avante Dickerson. Um he was the map, uh, max prep athlete of the year in Nebraska out of Omaha. He would be a huge get if we could flip him from uh, Minnesota. And then I think if we've already brought in one, um, but I, I think we need another skill position on offense, um, whether that be running back or wide receiver. Um, you know, I, I, I would say if I, if I get a pick both of them, the only other position would be is if we could bring in a, a starting caliber offensive guard. Um, I mean, so I, I think we th- that would be the kind of the two things I'd like to see, but skill position on offense, wide receiver, or another running back, um, that's kind of what I would like. Derek, what would you bring in? Uh, running back, with, without question. Uh, I, I, I like my, uh, Marquis Step. I, I, I think he's going to be possibly good. But his eligibility is still up in the air. They haven't granted the one-time transfer-free rule for this year. They, they could, but they haven't yet. Uh, he, he could put a waiver in and maybe get eligibility, but we don't even know if he's going to be eligible. And we don't know if we have a running back. So if I can go after a grad transfer who I know, like uh, what, what was the Northwestern guy that just transferred? Isaiah Bowser. Uh, yeah. There you go. And I'm not saying you could get that guy, but if there's a chance you could get that guy, yeah, I'm going after Yeah. Would you guys bring in a quarterback out of the portal? If if oh, a great no. quarterback was out there that we could get, would you bring him in? I mean, it, it, who are we getting? Like, I, I think that's the question. Like, if you're getting... I don't have a name, but if, if, you, if, if the staff found that guy that could run this offense effectively, would you bring him in? If you could bring in the the equivalent of what Ohio State brought in with Justin Fields or LSU brought in with Joe Burrow, then of course, I like Adrian Martinez. I'm I think he is a good quarterback. I have not given up hope on Luke McCaffrey. I like Logan Smothers. Like that that is just a position that I'm just you know. Do we have a Heisman contender in that room? No. But if you're not bringing in a Heisman contender, All American type guy, like I don't think you're getting an upgrade. Derek, what do you think? I, I agree with Tyler. I, I'm not going after one unless, again, I, I, I mean, if you're telling me you can bring a Joe Burrow in here and lead you to a national championship, then maybe I'm saying, yeah, let's bring him in. 
but I don't. I don't think one of those exists. Like, so you'd be Joe opposed Burrow, if they did Joe bring Burrow, in a quarterback. I, if that's what they feel is best, I guess I'd be okay with it. But that's not the position I would go after. No, I. I, I think it would be a waste of a spot. I honestly do. Like again, like it. it unless they're uh, unless they're taking I mean, right now, we're spot. one. We're basically one deep at quarterback. Right, we're one deep. I, I mean, Logan Smothers was a I mean, four-star quarterback. I mean, Luke McCaffrey. All, all three of them are four-star quarterbacks. Like, like we're giving up on Luke McCaffrey because he had a bad game. Justin is. Uh, well, all I'm Husker, saying is a lot, a lot it's not going are. to hurt to bring in somebody else to compete right now. I don't think but Adrian do you Martinez need five scholarship is the quarterbacks? Do you need five scholarship quarterbacks on the roster? I guess it depends on how much you want to win. I mean, I mean, how many how many quarterbacks can you have on the field at one time? Shit, under Bo Pelini, we had like seven scholarship quarterbacks at one time. But no, you're right. How many we, were on the field? You can only I have mean, one. You can only have one. But yeah. we're we're Luke one deep, right? Adrian, I, I I don't agree with the one deep. Um, now, I, I'm if, not if, giving. I'm not giving up on Luke McCaffrey. Now, I, now I'm just not. If Luke McCaffrey, I, I you know and maybe Logan Smothers is great. I I think he. I'm hoping we can at least get somebody to play another year or two well, and not have to shove him so into, look, into play. That is time. why I asked if there's a proven quarterback out there in the transfer portal, would you bring him? You know, I mean. No. I, I think we have a fairly proven quarterback in Martinez. Justin, I know you don't care for Martinez, but the dude the dude led the, lead, the, the Big Ten in completion percentage this year. And when you ahead talk- of Justin Fields, I and I know he's not throwing downfield. I get it. And he's not I, throwing I, I mean, a lot of touchdowns. It. We're not scoring a lot. That's with fine. Him. That's fine. I get that. I get that. But part of that is, is on. Part of that's on skill players. And and, and we lost and, and our you best can, you skill talk, guy. You you you're right. You're right. And you could talk about that. But he was thrown to in the open field, and he didn't do a lot to create more space. All of this goes he back he to saying... He didn't do a lot of juking. He didn't do a lot of outrunning. And to be honest with you, the guy had 400 yards receiving. Like, and I know we only played eight games, but I think I figured it out, and we need roughly 700 yards receiving to replace him. And then we need, like, 300 but, yards rushing to replace him. And, and this you is where I go You don't need it all from the same guy. You just need to replace those, those yards. And... They're replaceable. That, those aren't stats that I'm going, oh, man, that's irreplaceable stats. When we lost Stanley Morgan, he had a 1,000-yard receiving yard season. That was maybe a re, an irreplaceable uh, player. A, a 600 receiver, 600-yard receiver is not irreplaceable to me. So this is where I go with Adrian Martinez. And we talked about earlier leaning into the defense. When I have a quarterback that can complete 70% of his passes – and make plays with his feet. That tells me, you know what? I can lean into my defense that way. Like, I, I know he can get, yeah, down the field's a question mark. How, like, how dynamic is it? But, like, if you're going to be playing into the defense's strength a little bit, first downs matter. And I think we're, you know, obviously we've talked about this at length where the Huskers struggled last year with shooting themselves in the foot. This offense outside of that was fine we can we proved we could run the ball we what were we second or third in the big 10 in rushing yards like you could say what only came from the quarterback run but it came somewhere like i I, again i mean 
Yeah, I mean, you, I, again, everyone wants to say, well, Nebraska could only run the ball out of the quarterback. We're still one of the best running teams in the Big Ten. Like, we can we can play in the defense with Adrian Martinez at quarterback. Now, and that's where I say, like, you have two spots left. If it's true, you only have two spots left. I think you bring in the best player in the state of Nebraska, and then you try to bring in another skill position guy. I like Derek where his head's at with running back. Um, wide res- I think that... That would be my number one. That would be my next number one pick. Running back. Here, or here's my thing with the wide receiver. receiver. Yeah. Here, here's my th- here. I, I get where you want where you're coming from with the wide receiver. I do. But here's my thing with the wide receiver. We have how many four star wide receivers on this roster? I know. Like, it's time. It's it's time to start developing. But you know what? We got we have an, We have an Omar Manning who has had. Numerous experience in college football. Maybe it's not Power Five football, but he's had numerous experience in college football. You have an Oliver Martin who's had experience with two other Big Ten teams. It's time to get him going. Uh, these are all four-star guys. Like you have a Xavier Betts, who's one of the highest recruited guys we've had. Uh, I believe he was even higher than Z- uh, than uh, Wondell Robinson. It's it, it's time to get these guys going. You have an Alante Brown. Who I don't know if he was quite a four star, but he was a top prep player. Uh, and, and give and give L- Matt Lubick a spring to actually work with these guys. I think that helps a lot. But as, at some point, bringing in more talent it isn't going to help at a position. At some point, you have to get the talent that you have to work for you. And we've already brought in guys at both of those positions. We've already addressed both of those. Like again, it almost seems greedy to think we're going to bring in two. I mean. I mean, you want to talk about transfers. That's why it's I mean, time what, to bring what, in a quarterback, Tyler. Like you bring, you bring. I think that's why it's time to bring in a running back. Well, you bring in another running back. Do you see a? I mean, does Ramir Johnson just transfer that day? Like, so be it. So be it. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I mean, what what is Ramir Johnson proven at this point? He's had what two two full seasons here, and he's proven nothing. It's like I said and last behind, week. Be, Nobody him, has we separated have, themselves. We have one four-star outside of the uh, grad transfer. Or not not grad transfer. I'm sorry, the transfer from USC, which we don't even know is going to be eligible. So, absolutely. I mean, running back's the only question to me. Like, let's go after a running back. If, we're, if we have to go through the transfer portal, let's find some better running backs. I mean, there's like 1,500, maybe 1,800 guys in the transfer portal right now. You can find anybody. It's it's free agency out there. Uh, I, w- I do want to talk about Thomas Fedoni real quick uh, as far as the early enrollees. You know, he is the biggest gem out of this class, right? I don't think there's much of an argument there. And the way that... The Frost offense has been the last three years not spectacular. Derek, do you think that this guy could be what Frost is missing on offense to take us to the next level? Absolutely, he could be. I don't know if it's this season. Okay. But he absolutely could be. Look, he is the 11th, I believe, the 11th highest recruit that we've had in Nebraska since they've been tracking it on 24-7. And that believe it or not, is higher than what Wondell Robinson was. So, yeah, this guy should be able to come in and be something special. Again, I I don't want to put that much pressure on him in his freshman year like we did with Wondell Robinson. 
but it, it, by the time this guy's been here three or four years, absolutely, this guy's going to be huge. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound this like like a Kevin Spacey type of thing, but that dude's got some physique on him, man. He's like a 23-year-old dude. And I don't mean to sound like Kevin Spacey at all, but, man, he is not a high school kid when you look at him. He, the eye test, that's a big dude there. Oh my God! Everything you just said there, Justin, was it's terrible. completely wrong. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, you bringing up Kevin Spacey it, is it, terrible. It, it made me. Th- it made me think that you were thinking more towards the Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I know the fact that like no one would have accused you of creeping on him, but but when you're like. Not not to sound like a pedophile, but that dude, <laughs> that that underage kid is a big dude. Like he no. is sexy. I, I don't mean, think he. I don't look at him like that, but he is sexy. But, but if, if I, I did, did Spacey's eyes. No, I, but here's the thing. I think when you look at Thomas Fedone, I mean, I think he is going into a really good situation because I don't want to say there's no pressure on him, but. Austin Allen is established at this point and he he gets to come in and he, you know, you brought up Wandell Robinson when Wandell Robinson came to Lincoln and he's not the only one, but let's just stay on that. There was an expectation that he had to be the guy like we, we, but Fadone does it. He, he gets to come in and be that number two tight end and, and come in and, be a contributor. We need him to contribute. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't have to do anything, but, like, he isn't – Austin Allen can block. Austin Allen can do some really good things receiving. Like, Fedone gets to come in with a little bit less pressure than probably a Wandell Robinson or a Tyjon Lindsay or some of these guys that have been huge recruits have faced. I'll, I'll disagree with you on this level. Uh, when Wandell Robinson came in – he wasn't expected to be the guy. J.D. Spielman was expected to be the guy. So, so he kind of had a guy to be behind. Wanda Robinson was expected to be Rondell Moore. I mean, like, that, the, the, those that's comparisons. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying the expectations weren't unreal for Wanda Robinson. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But to, but to sit here and say he had to be the guy in the receiver room, I don't think that's fair either because we still had J.D. Spielman at that point. Okay, fair enough. And, and that's a fair point. But, again, I just remember the Rondell Moore to Wondell Robinson comparison because of where they're from, because of the similarities in their names, because of their high school film. And, and, just, and, and, and that's let's not face fair. It, as much as we love Wondell Robinson, he never performed like a Rondell Moore. Not even 90%. I mean, I mean, he, I mean what, Rondell Moore, like – you know, I don't know where he'll get drafted, um, but I, I mean, he, you talk about Purdue um, dynamic wide receiver. Uh, Fadone is going to be a big addition. I'm excited for him. I mean, you look at the again when I look at 2021, man, I'm jacked. This he's defense is there, tight end group is there. I think our quarterback is there. Um, we just got three position groups that I don't know if are there. Uh, all right, before we move on to our last two topics here, uh, talking about transfers. Derek, are you surprised that we haven't seen more transfers than what we have, though? I, judging by what the, what I read from the media and judging from what I guess I took from myself, yeah, I think so. Like, it doesn't surprise me that the defense isn't transferring, but the offense, man, it was looking pretty hit and miss there for 
a little bit. And, and, and it's not over with. We could still lose some guys, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to lose guys at, at the end of spring ball. It happens every single year. At the end of spring uh, ball... Absolutely. But, but, but it happens with every team. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, so, so sure, you're going to lose a few guys. Uh, but, but yeah, yes. To answer your question... I, I'm completely shocked that we haven't lost more more offensive guys. Tyler, what do you uh, think? I, you know, I, 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 here's what, here's the optimist in me. I want to put this in the coaches. And I want to be like, the coaches or the kids have figured it out that transferring is stupid. Like, there's nowhere to go. The backlog is a mile deep. And 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 you're right. We're gonna see more transfers. I don't know if it's two guys or four guys. I don't know, but we're gonna see more transfers. But I, I like I've I have been an advocate of this that like the coaches and these kids' mentors need to sit down with them and say transferring's not the way. It just it 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 so rarely works out for these kids that they just need to stop doing it. And in this year, with all the chaos, here's what they know: they have a coach that's going to fight for them. And Scott Frost, they have an opportunity. I think in 2021 to break through a glass ceiling that I think is huge. I'm already hyped on 2021. If you haven't told realized, like I think this is a year we we at least get back to the Bo Pelini era, if not better. Uh, I I'm pumped. So I, I have a question. This is directed a little more towards Tyler here, but uh, so so you talk about the transfer portal, and you talk about what a dumb move it kind of is, and it, it's it's still relatively new. Like they just started a transfer portal in 2018. Do you see this phasing out a little bit? Like I, it's not going to go away. I'm not saying the transfer portal is going to go away, but do you see less kids starting to join it when they see that there's nowhere to go? Here's what I honestly think. I guess I think the coaches are going to evolve on it. I think like the coaches have been very hesitant because it's 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 a X factor that they don't know how to account for. I think they they know how many players are on their roster. They they go out there and they recruit, and then they get left there with their dick in their hands and they're like, "Well, I've got no scholarships left," and you don't have a chance to go after a couple of these kids. I eventually think the coaches are going to evolve and they're going to plan their scholarship distribution around like I could probably snag four or five really good transfers. Um, and and I, I that's my inclination of what's going to happen. Um, so, so you think it'll actually get worse? Well, I don't so know about, the, co- I don't, co- I don't know about coach, the kids transferring. Coaches, but I think- if coaches are going to go after more transfers, then there's just going to be more transfers to go into the portal. I think there. I think there's better. Opinion. I think there's going to be better landing spots. Like you look at like a Keyshawn Green, like that kid should have made it back to a Power Five roster. He should have. There, there is no reason that that high of a recruit should have fallen and not made it back to a Power Five school. The reason, one of the reasons, I believe, is just because coaches don't know how to account for this. And I think that you, we have two spots left. There are how many four stars. That were four stars a year or two ago that Nebraska would have killed for, and we don't have spots for them. And and I think well, eventually and, coaches and will may, figure that, it that, out. That may be fair. I mean, we have an Oliver Martin who was a four star coming out of high school who is now a walk on in Nebraska. Yeah, he he sh- he should be on scholarship. If we have two scholarships left, he definitely deserves one. And you know what, Connor Culp, he deserves one also. 
if, if you're not going to go to the transfer portal or grab one, those two dudes deserve them. I do want to say this about the transfer portal this year. I think this is an anomaly this year between COVID and the NCAA kind of putting out there the one-time transfer rule. I think this is an anomaly. People are going out there for those two reasons. I think over time, uh, I think it's it, it's all going to balance out. If everybody has so, a one-time transfer, it's just going to be like before. You used to have to sit out to transfer. But if you have a one-time transfer, you're going to go out there, and it's going to be staggered every single year. You're going to see X amount of players hitting the transfer portal one time every single year. But I think this is going to be the highest. It'll all balance out. Because next year, the following year, these guys, they're not going to, they can't hit the transfer portal again. So, so what happens when the NCAA, Kevin warns the shit out of the transfer portal and doesn't allow the one-time transfer? Because they haven't allowed this yet. This has not been passed yet. But even if they don't, Derek, like the can you honestly say what the the qualifications are to get that exemption? Because I sure as hell no, can't. Nobody knows. And, and I don't think the NCAA has any choice but to. They, uh, they should. They to, should. You say you say that, but they should have already passed it. Like this has already been said it was going to be passed and, two months ago, and it still hasn't been passed. And and, and then when you look at transfers, this is, this is the most po- this is the most political thing the NCAA's ever done, right here. I mean, you you look at transfers, and then and then you look at the next evolution of this is how does NIL fit into that? Um, when you look at name, image, likeness, how does that eventually fit? You know, go into the situation. Like, does it? financially benefit kids from transferring like like let's just take take the kid from usc we just got is in theory would he make more money at nebraska than he did usc like i i I don't i really don't know how this all plays out but well as long as i'm not handing them money and mcdonald's bags we're probably doing all right speaking of transfers let's look at tennessee's roster because my (laughs) god they have a lot of four stars down there and there is a mass exit like as bad as things are at nebraska like just look at tennessee i thought i I was getting a sack of gold when i got a mcrib and when i got that extra mcrib hallelujah yeah you know i mean it tasted like i never had a McRib. mcrib Never had you a McRib. You are missing out, son. You are missing out. Am I though? You've never had a McRib? Oh, absolutely. McRib. I, I, I mean, I probably have. I had... hate McDonald's. I absolutely despise McDonald's. I don't like yeah. eating most of their food, but the McRib. Yeah. It's worth. It's, it's worth seasonal, having. you know. Christmas sucks probably... too, but once a year, it's okay. And just around Christmas time, <laughs> in between Thanksgiving, well. Christmas, I'll go to McDonald's and I will eat McRibs so much over like a two week span, I will get my fill for the entire year. I mean, I'm, I'm like that's fair. Jeepers Creepers. It's, it's not something you want to have every week. No, but but when they bring it back, it's worth. Yeah, it. Six, it, it, anyway, six or seven I, I just, times anyway. over a two week span, get your McRib, and then you're good for another God, fifty I, weeks. Maybe maybe my life has been different. Like I have McDonald's maybe once a year, maybe twice a year. Uh, don't need a lot of fast food in general. Maybe a little Runza here and near down in the back you, of Nebraska. You don't have but, kids. That's the problem. You don't have kids. Have a kid or two, you'll be eating McDonald's more. Yeah, yeah, probably right. Okay, last topic, Justin. God, I'm, I don't know. I'm thinking about this McRib here. I, I think we actually have two topics, which we need to make pretty quick. Jonathan Rutledge, our uh, special teams analyst, was let go by the staff, and he is our uh, 
gung-ho or, you know, he was our key person from Auburn. The guy that uh, has a long history of turning special teams, uh, teams around. And, uh, you know, he was brought in last year. Scott Frost had an opportunity to bring in a full-time coach to be special teams. Instead, he brought in an analyst. Didn't turn out so well. And now Jonathan Rutledge is gone. Derek, what do you think? Well, first off, I want to disagree with you. That didn't turn out so well. Like, we had an all-Big Ten kicker. Did he get fired? Did he get fired? It didn't turn out well. He did get fired. He did get fired, which I disagree with. I don't think it was a good move. I think this is a guy you should have kept around because it was year two where he always turned everything around. You go look at everywhere he's been, it was always year two where you see the huge jump. So, so to fire this guy after one year, especially after he brought in and he recruited Connor Culp, who you want to keep around, and he turned him in, or I don't know if he turned him into because he was already a good kicker, but you, you, you had an all-Big Ten kicker. I, I understand there were still some concerns. I understand there are still some areas of, uh, where that need to be improved. But after one year, you get rid of this guy. Is, this is dumb. Yeah. This is the dumb. This is the one. The, I, I've always been the Scott Frost homer. I, I really have. And this is the one move that Scott Frost is making that I'm sitting here going, what are you doing? Especially like, according and, to Jonathan you better, Rutledge. You better, make a, you better make a big move getting rid of Jonathan Rutledge. Well, he's get, Scott Frost is going to replace him with another analyst. Well, that's the speculation. but that's, we don't, According we still, to Jonathan Rutledge, still, that's what he said is going to happen. And we haven't seen any coaches be fired. So there's well, no, right now, there's no coaches available. To, I mean, you t- take what you want from Jonathan Rutledge after being let go. Like, yeah, hey, they told me that they're going to go after the, yeah, I, I don't know. analyst is what he says. says. Well, that's fine, but I don't know that. I don't know that that's what Scott Frost tells him. Like, yeah, we're going to go after another analyst. Uh, but 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 I will say this. The fact they've not let go a assistant coach and opened up a spot for a, for a special teams coach does worry me. Yeah. I mean, there's – I mean, right now, coaches, uh, they're, they're being picked up by other teams. So if you wait too long, there's not going to be anybody available. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, well, a lot to unpack there. So let me just start with the analyst versus the coach. I don't think that's as big a deal as you guys do. Um, I think analyst is fine. <laughs> Secondly, I, I, I don't, I don't know if Rutledge I, had. Can, can I? Can, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Todd. I just got to interrupt you for one second. Well, I tend to agree with you. I don't think there's a big difference between a coach and an analyst. It just seems really stupid to me that you fire an analyst after one season just to hire another analyst. Well, what what seems to what's interesting to me is I don't think Rutledge did as bad a job as a lot of people think. Uh, I don't either. And and and, but what like you bring up Connor Culp? Obviously, you know there's a lot of speculation and maybe factual that he was uh, instrumental in bringing in Connor Culp. Like this is where coaching gets intriguing to me. Like how big to me and. A coach isn't just about developing players. It's about scheming and planning. 
and coming up with game plans. And I don't think our special teams, like, I don't know if Connor Culp, the fact that the guy can kick some field goals, like, erases some of our really bizarre special teams uh, faux pas this year. Um, whether that be like the fake punts that really worked when, how the hell do we scheme that? Like, and, and, and this is where I will play ignorant. Like, I don't know. Like, is that Rutledge? Is that in-game play situation? Is that player execution? Um, it, it but, but what I will say is it, 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 Rutledge seemed to have the special teams as a whole trending on the upward direction. Um, Getting rid of him is an unusual move. Um, but, like, there's reasons. Like, there was a lot. There was gaps. And you talk about games that special, like, there were gaps in special teams. Yes, it was better. Yes, it was there. But, like, it wasn't great. And I think Scott Frost is in year four. He's ride or die. Like, he is not going to take, yeah, it's, it's better. But we're still going to allow a... A, a player to take a shit in the middle of the field on a fake punt and still get the first down. Like we we've got to get better. Oh God. So I, I, I I'm sorry. I, I just, I know you got something to say here, but Tyler, I got, have to ask you what game outside. I mean, I would say outside of Rutgers, do you really accuse the special teams of losing this game? And we didn't even lose Rutgers, but I'll give you that game. The special teams were atrocious in that game. Maybe, maybe Iowa, but even Iowa, most of your special teams that you're blaming it on is Cam Taylor Britt muffing a punt, which, which there's no accountability for. Like, you can't change that. But, like, okay, so Illinois, a lot of things broken in Illinois. They're, 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 you can't blame special teams. No, on, but it on wasn't Illinois. sure as that hell was, not a reason why a we should have won it. That was, but neither was defense, neither was offense. Like that whole game was shit. What what I will say about special teams is Scott Frost brought it up at least two times in his post game conferences uh, about uh, kicking, and he said on at least two games that he does not know why that they were kicking deep or kicking to a certain player because they weren't supposed to be doing that. On two different occasions, two different games, he said that. So I remember Rutgers. I. I... Don't remember the other one. I, I I don't remember the the games, but I remember hearing it at least twice because I thought it was kind of goofy. It's like how how do you not know? How do you how do you not have a control? But is that on an analyst? Is, is that, like like is he calling those situations? Like who is making those? Because I don't think an no analyst idea. is making those calls on the field. Like and, and I, that's again. the problem that you have when you don't have a special teams coach on the field. If nobody's being. You, held accountable you, for special you, teams and the damn head I, I coach was, doesn't know anything and if he's not in charge who is supposed to be in charge he assigned the, I, the I job was, to a, a damn analyst that's can't even be on the co- on the field coaching justin I will, you I will, I will say this when, when mike Riley was in charge we complained for 3 years that bruce Ree was in charge of special teams and he was doing nothing and he was all, solely in charge of special teams in Bo Pelini's era, we complained that special teams were really terrible until Bo Pelini came in and decided to take charge of the special teams. But he also put all the other coaches in a, in a role for special teams. So he got all the coaches involved, and things improved. And now Scott Frost has all the coaches involved, and we're not doing well. 
So we're turning around and going, well, you're stupid for not having a Bruce Reed here. Well, come on, really? Don't let Bruce hey, Reed set the don't let Bruce Reed set the standard on having a special teams coach because there's a shitload of teams he, out there he, that have a special he, teams coach out there. But only a handful out there, maybe you know, maybe twenty percent of the teams actually have just an analyst. But those are proven teams with a proven uh, coaching staff. We do not have a proven oh, coaching staff, Derek. Okay, okay, that that may be fair. That may be fair. But when Mike Riley hired Bruce Reed as a special teams coordinator, we went, what the F is this guy doing? Like, who the hell has a special teams coordinator? Yeah. Nobody has Nobody has an assistant coach for a special teams. And all he does is special teams. Nobody has that. It turns out a lot more of them do than we thought, but... But at the end of the day, we all we all sat here and went, this guy's batshit crazy hiring this guy. We've been spoiled, though, at Nebraska because Nebraska over the last 20 years, and probably even longer, but, you know, what has Nebraska always had? They've always had a great kicker, a great punter, and a great returners, you know? But we've great always coverage. complained about special teams still, even with great kickers and great punters. We've still complained about, about special teams because we don't have a return man or we don't have a good uh, – Kickoff coverage. I'm just talking about have, in previous years where we didn't have a special teams. Even the the reason Coach. Bo Pelini took over special teams was because our special teams were turning to shit. Yeah. So it's not like the last 20 years have been just phenomenal. Like, there was a lot of times where special teams looked like they were dipping down. Not like what it's and, been and, under and Frost. Coaches, coaches, not like what made, it's been under coaches, Frost. Coaches had to make special had to make adjustments. And I would say that Scott Frost special teams haven't been outside of they've kickers, been the worst in our lifetime. Been the worst in our lifetime. I, I would I wouldn't say overall. Uh, Bruce Reed had so, still had some of the worst special teams. We had a better kicker, we had a better punter, but we still didn't have a punt returner. We still didn't have a, a kickoff returner. We still didn't stop the kickoff returns. We still didn't stop punt returns. I, 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 Justin, that, that's a really good statement. It's intriguing. Like, how bad is our special teams in relative to in, in our lifetimes? It might be the worst in our lifetimes. Um, I don't know if I, but I, I guess to my thing is like, you talk about bringing in a coach. And I guess I'll leave it on this. Like, it is, what, what position do you want to get rid of? Do you want to get rid of a quarterback coach to bring in a, a special teams coach? Like, like that 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 is easier said than done. We we, we have a proven quarterback coach on our team, uh, Scott Frost. <laughs> yes, not Mario, but he's also our offensive coordinator, and he's also our head coach. So I I don't know. Figure something out. But I mean. He's not, not doing all three. He's not doing all three. Well, Marvin Rodusco is not getting it done. Well, I, 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 this was an indictment. Okay, get rid of a running backs coach. Do you want to get rid of an outside linebacker? Like, what position group? Well, again, again, if you get rid of Ryan Held, who's going to take over running backs? <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, guys. You know, up until the last few years, we've only been allowed nine assistants. Now we have ten assistants. So it's like, well, who do you get rid of? There's not enough coaches around. They've been doing nine coaches forever, you know. I, I get it. They, I'm, I'm not discreet. But, but, the, but, not... The, but the situation with these with this staff is Scott Frost has coached has coached running or uh, quarterbacks. 
We don't have another coach that's coached coach running backs. So you can't get rid of a running backs coach and have nobody coaching running backs. You can't get rid of a wide receiver coach who's your, also your offensive coordinator. I mean, I guess you could do that and then say, okay, Scott Frost has coached wide receivers before. So maybe you make him coach wide receivers. Well, I mean, you could bring whatever you do. You can, you don't have to bring in a, I guess, full time yeah, special if you're teams bring, coach. If you're going to bring in a full time special teams coach, you have to get rid of somebody. But, but, you, do, but you know, and, and you could also DeWitt. bring in somebody like like Dewitt. Uh, yeah, DeWitt Javon coached DeWitt, special teams. He did. He did both, which did not work out well it did, at all. It was a disaster. But, but that's not the standard, guys. I mean, that's not the standard. Just because it didn't work out with Jovan Dewitt doing linebackers, so a point, and a that. point Barrett Rude yeah. as special so, teams so, coach. So where's too. your point, Justin? Where's your point here? Uh, he needs under, to have Riley, a designated Riley, guy on the work. field. He needs to have a designated guy on the field as a special teams coach, whoever that may be. The, the this last, the last time special teams. The last time special teams looked good was when all the was when, with all the coaches pitching in, and that was under Pelini, and that was with DPE returning punts. And and that's really where it is. Like camp, like let's be real. There's, like there's no right answer here. That's the problem. Yeah, there's there, no it, right. There answer. is no definite playbook. And I think our punt return looked better with Cam Taylor Britt down there. It took a minute to figure that out. That worked out. The, the the downfall was coverage. I mean that that was our downfall all year. Um, and kick kickoff coverage wasn't bad outside of the exception of the Rutgers game. Yeah, I mean again, Derek's right. I mean our special team again. It wasn't a strength. It but it wasn't a dumpster fire. The loss of Rutledge is intriguing, but I'm also not going to mourn it and think it's a like. I get it. I get it to a degree, but if. If you would have kept him, I would have been like, that makes sense, too. Moving I, on. I thought he was going to bring him back. I really did. I, I just, I, I think too. it's kind of goofy. It, it is time to move on. Scott though. Frost has a second year in a row to fit, to address special teams and fix it. And I have a big feeling he's going to fuck it up yet again. He's, I mean, spe- he's going to fuck it up. I mean, uh, let's be real. Special teams has not, we have not, special teams has been a downside for Scott Frost a lot, but... I mean, it's situational football. I look at special teams as situ- it, they're these one to two plays a game that just completely change them. And that's why Scott right, Frost right now, sucked because he has the same mentality as you. It doesn't mean much. It's just well, I don't a say few it doesn't matter plays. because it, it does. It's, it's, it doesn't. Right now, right now, out of all the games we played, what needs to improve the most? How much time do we got? What needs to improve the most? The one thing. The one thing in your mind, what needs to improve the most? Out of the three phases of the game, what needs to improve the most? Playmakers. I mean, we... Offense. We... we, we, we Offense. I mean... Offense needs to improve. Like, you sit here and go, oh, we need to improve special teams. That don't mean shit unless you improve that offense. No, that's fair. But you can't ignore special teams. No, you can't ignore it, but... Let's get offense going before we're that concerned about special teams. So this kind of rolls into uh, an article that Athlon's... They put out today, uh, or maybe it was yesterday. They put out a power poll for the Big Ten. And uh, I don't want to go over the whole thing, but I just want to point out in this that Athlon's had Nebraska ranked number five in the West. Uh, The only two teams behind was uh, Purdue and Illinois. So, Tyler, fair or not fair with Nebraska being number five? I, I think that is a bad take. Um, 
and I, I just sidestepped that question. It's fair, right? Like, I mean, obviously, that's where we ended the year. I think most of us would agree we were probably fifth in the West as we ended the year. But I think it's a bad take. I, I Again, I think we are going to be much better than that in 2021. I think our defense is going to be good. I think we have a quarterback that can win us games and make plays. I think we've got a good tight end group. I think our offense isn't as much of a dumpster fire as you guys all do. Um, I, I I think that we are going to be much better than the fifth Did team. you say we just, thought the defense no was offense. A, the offense? Okay. The offense, it was a dumpster fire. I mean, like, I... I we were good at running the ball. We we had yards. Like and, and again, you could talk about like, well, they had penalties, that's offense. And just his dumbass take that he loves to throw out, like, but like it's not about ability. When you have yards, that's not about ability. It's about why do we why do we kick ourselves in the nuts? Like, it's hard to do that. Have you ever tried to kick yourself in the nuts? It's hard to do it, but we seem to find a way as Husker Nation to do it every Saturday in the fall. And that's the only consistency that we've had, at Scott Frost has had at Nebraska, is kicking himself in the nuts. Game in, game out. Well, apparently Tyler's nuts haven't dropped because it's not that hard to do. <laughs> Derek, Maybe you're just a lot more flexible. We're at that age where if we sit down too fast, we smash our nuts. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was going to say, either... The, you either your age is catching up with you, or you're a lot more flexible than I thought, Derek. <laughs> it's the age. All right, all right. So here's my thing. Yes, this is absolutely fair, Tyler. I disagree with you. This is 100 percent fair. Uh, there's no. There, I, I first, I, as a fan, I went. And I read. I looked at this, and I seen Wisconsin number one. I'm like, really? Because Wisconsin probably had. Outside, even with Nebraska, probably had the most disappointed season. Like, you started off looking phenomenal with, with Graham Mertz, and you thought you were going to sweep the league, and you end up losing, what, like three games? <laughs> Barely went 500. Like, they probably had the most disappointing season. And, and, and next to them was probably Minnesota. Like, you were supposed to be a contender and had one of the most disappointing – went from 11-win season – to, we don't have a defense who can stop the runs, and I mean diarrhea. Did Minnesota? Did Minnesota beat Nebraska? You're right, and that is why I said that this is completely fair. Because until Nebraska can prove that we could beat a Minnesota and beat an Iowa and beat a Wisconsin, we deserve to be down here. So. Like by that argument, should we be lower? We couldn't beat Illinois. True. I, 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 and if they put Illinois ahead of us, I would probably not have been shocked. But but okay, I but this is twenty twenty one, and 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 I get it that like this wasn't the power ranking in twenty twenty. This is twenty twenty one, and and like I'm sorry, I'm not buying I, Illinois better than Nebraska. I mean, I get it, but but you're gonna have to start proving something. And again, if you're I Frost, said fair. I think it's a bad take. Like, you, the, it's not that bad, t- Tyler. You have to be an analyst. Like, who, I mean, who do you think who who should Nebraska be ahead of out of this power Minnesota right now? Why Minnesota? Because I think I think we're a better we team going into in what three years. How can you say we're better? Ago. It was three years. Three ago. Three years ago. But okay, three years. So two ago. years. I mean. 
again, I they lost their best wide receiver. I don't think their defense is going to be that much. We lost our best wide receiver. Thank you. Our defense is better than theirs. Our quarterback is better than theirs. Our again, again, we're we're going to have a long offseason to debate this. But Justin, okay, gun to your head, Nebraska, that, that's, Minnesota, that's, neutral that's field, the anomaly. Wins. That's the anomaly of the whole Scott Frost era right now. Like, we were better than Minnesota this year and lost. I get it. We were better than Illinois this year and got destroyed. 100%. But gun your head, Justin, Nebraska-Minnesota neutral field. Do you really feel that confident? That With Minnesota the 2020 team or the 2021 team? I mean, what, what, I mean, what is Tanner Depends Morgan? Depends who shows up. Depends on who shows up. Nebraska, like, they have not been a poster child for being showing any consistency whatsoever. No, they haven't. But Minnesota was not a good team this year. And, and they did not show consistency at they all. They did not. Either. Like, I get, like, Derek, I get the Wisconsin. Like, if I'm going to have faith in a team to rebound next year, it's going to be Wisconsin. You know, Iowa is Iowa. You know, there's a great little graph out there. I don't know if you saw it. I retweeted it. But they talked about Northwestern. Like, Northwestern's that team. Like they they were talking about the similarities between Nebraska, Iowa, and Minnesota, yeah, and I and see. basically all three of those teams like always think they're going to beat Northwestern, and none of them ever do because it's Northwestern. But like, so I'm not ruling Northwestern dead, but I don't think they're going to be as good next year. Like I, I think <laughs> Nebraska has a shot. I, I do. Tyler, and, uh, I I I have to I have to see what comes back for Northwestern. Tyler, I think that, you oh, roll. Do they, they have a lot of defense coming back? Because defense is the only reason Northwestern won any of those games. Well, they lost their best running back. Their offensive guys are flared, but not the defensive guys. Yeah, I mean, their defense is the only reason they won games. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Derek. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Tyler, I think when you. If Patty Fisher would finally retire and go to an old folks' home. He's a sophomore. He's he's like 66. (laughs) Well, he's 66 years old, so. But he's a still sophomore. He could easily. He could easily retire and go to a go not necessarily an old folks home, but he could definitely join a retirement. He, he's not in the NCAA; he's in the AARP. He is. he is. Tyler, I got to say something. You know, when, when you're looking at these power pools, you think that Nebraska has like this Texas type of uh, this image where just be based off a name, they should be higher. It's not what they've done. No, I'm I, looking at it as what I, they've I, done I, I over the last. I, I disagree years. with you, and I think I know where Tyler's looking at it, and you're looking at the recruits that you have. Yes. You're looking at the recruits you have, and you're looking at the talent that you have, and you should be better than these teams. Yes. Kind of like Texas. The problem Texas is, the, same the problem is, you're right. Okay, that's fine, but I think the difference between Texas and Nebraska is everybody's looking at Texas going, yeah, they're going to be great, and nobody's looking at Nebraska saying, yeah, they're going to be great. Well, I'm saying and, and that it as but, but, but the, the, the recruiting class aren't that far off. Tyler's looking at Nebraska as if other people look at Texas and always jack them up in the, the rankings. You know, he's thinking like these great things. You're talking I, I, about like I nine I wins, I Tyler? I, 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 I disagree with you. I, and I'm going to stick up for Tyler here. And I do think he's looking at the recruiting rankings. We've out-recruited Wisconsin. We've out-recruited Iowa. We've out-recruited Just like North every Washington. other year. You're right. You're right. And at some point, it's got to turn around. And yes. why? Why is it this year? Because you, I think this year, the this year, the the difference between this year, the the reason why I'm confident heading next year, it, it it's because I think that we we have a potential for an identity, 
And when we talk about the Scott Frost regime, we, we have talked about no identity. Guys, you you could talk about this defense, about this, but Scott Frost showed signs this year in the leaning in the defense. I remember plenty of games like, well, why is he running tempo? Well, maybe because he knew. Like, maybe the best strategy is to give the defense a shot. I think he has showed signs into leaning into the defense a little bit through his tenure at Lincoln, that in spite of what he said in press conferences, because he's never going to say in a pro- press conference, yeah, you know what I came in Lincoln and saying? It, it, it doesn't matter. We have a whole offseason to talk about this. I just think that 2021, Nebraska will be better than the fifth best team in the Big Ten West. I don't think Minnesota is that good. I, I think they're going to be a bad team. We'll see what Iowa and Wisconsin are. They're always up there. Northwestern is going to be tough out. But I think Nebraska is better than the fifth best team in the West. Tyler, as a fan, I agree with you. Like, 100%, I agree with you. I, again, I said it was fair. I said the ranking was fair. But 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 it is. I think they're wrong, ranking. but I think it's a fair ranking where I, you're at today. I hope they're wrong. I hope they're wrong. All right. But if they're not wrong, we're going to have a new head coach in 2022. Well, well, Very good possibility. All right. Well, we will continue this conversation and a lot more next week. We have a lot of offseason topics to come up. Uh, guys, we went long tonight. I didn't think we would actually go this long, but you guys are pretty passionate. But You you wanted to add more topics. Jeez. You know what? Hey, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think any of these topics were going to go very long at all. I thought some of these topics were like, oh, that's informational. I, don't you, I, I, I already want to get I said it last the... week. I'll say it again this week. We're blowhards. We're going to keep talking. As long as you give us time to talk, we're going to keep talking. And I'll say this is I am very excited for this offseason and heading into 2021 to really debate this team because I am pumped. Husker Nation should be pumped. Um, I, I, I think we're there. All right. Well, everybody has to piss, Tyler, so you're going to have to shut the fuck up. So special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Oh, all right. We're gone. Go Big Red.